0: What is this shit? This is not my usual cuisine. I still think, playing Stardew Valley, that you are so wrong about Penny. Elliot is best boy.
1: I do like him, but because I can't mod it, I just can't get over his smug face. (laughs) There's only so much room for smugness in this house, and I feel it all, so I just can't handle him.
0: I thought for a good portion of the game that his favorite gift was duck mayonnaise, and I was giving him fucking tubs of duck mayonnaise twice (laughs) a week. He was probably slathering himself in its kind Love <laughs> bathing in yeah. duck minis. And then I found out he only liked it. I'm- mm. You were giving him the wrong duck gift. It is in fact
1: <laughs> duck feathers that he loves. It is. You fool, you fool of a took. <laughs> How
0: did you know that off by heart? Because I know all of their <laughs> gifts off by heart. I've been running
1: around going like, you get a pumpkin pie, you get a fucking amethyst, you get a duck feather,
0: and you You get a void egg.
1: <laughs> you get a void egg for some reason, you weirdo. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I'm disappointed. I poured gallons of duck mayonnaise into that man's <laughs> life and does he love me? No. I'm fine with duck eggs and I like different colored chicken eggs. Like you can get blue ones and green ones. Yes. It's it's kinda pretty like eating little jewels of unfertilized chicken goop. Yeah. <laughs> delicious
1: yum it's it's kind of like the disconnect between what is food and what is animal and i like the Mm -hmm. idea that meat is meat it comes from meat and shut up
0: (laughs) you get it off the meat tree the meat tree
1: grows it and you pick it and yum 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 delicious pork fat and i know it's terrible and i'm trying to eat
0: more vegetarianly but
1: i just need that grease just need that grease in my bones
0: so i can't stop (laughs) brave workers go to the Ham mines, yes, <laughs> and and bring that delicious pork fat back to you. <laughs>
1: and if I didn't eat it, it would get thrown away. And so you know, like the horrible, disastrous ham mine thing that happened in two thousand and ten, where all the Chilean ham miners got stuck
0: when they basically had like a Carrizo landslide.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and all they had to survive on was crackling for an entire week.
0: <laughs> rough times.
1: Ah, oh, speaking of rough times. Still the end times. This is our quarantine
0: log. Day, Mm. who knows? I lost track. I think I've forgotten how to read. There's a veritable horde of runners now when you go out, And I'm like, oh, suddenly now you want to be fit. Mm -hmm." Oh, suddenly. Okay. Mm
1: Now there's nothing else to do. Now you're all outside enjoying the nature and getting fit and improving yourself. Fuck you. Who do you think you are? I'm out here every goddamn day with my fucking dog and suddenly Muffy is here. (laughs) We all hate sharing the space. No one likes other people. Everyone's just like, I want to have a walk in nature and there to be no one else. But now there's nothing else to do. So everybody's there and I hate all of it. Hate everyone and hate everything. This is Everything is Awful Forever. We hate everyone and everything and all the dogs and all the people and all of everything. If it all could just stop, then it would be great.
0: I'm Philippa and I don't even know. I have no (laughs) witty thing to say. I'm
1: just so angry. I'm Jessica Byrne. My dog is superior. Fuck off, Muffy.
0: This episode is sponsored by Muffy.
1: No, it's not.
0: Is her name really Muffy? <laughs>
1: no, this dog okay. This dog doesn't exist. It's a hypothetical dog. <laughs> all dogs are beautiful and I love all of them. So. Yes. Episode. Episode. The new normal.
0: The new normal. <laughs> so you know how occasionally simply awful things come into fashion? Like mullets or <laughs> geometrically square eyebrows or that duck face pose.
1: Listen, after Tiger King, I think... <laughs> mullets are gonna be coming back
0: you know oh my god no <laughs> thank god we're all isolated from each other right now <laughs> okay so mullets maybe frosted tips oh, or that gel yeah. spiky hair from the 90s that looked like it might impale somebody who touched it or curtains that
1: every single boy band boy had or mm-hmm. despacito
0: i've not listened to it I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Despacito. That, there we go. I'm only vaguely confident that it's a song, but I hate it. (laughs) Despacito. Oh, Philippa. (laughs) So the Victorians were way ahead of us on the whole awful trance thing, only with diseases. Oh, great. I know, they're just... You know, between the dark face pose yep. and tuberculosis, mm-hmm. I know in which direction I might head.
1: But it makes your lips look so plump, like you're blowing kisses towards a sunset.
0: This episode is about disease, because it's not like I've had anything else on my mind recently.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, we actually had a kind of, like, a conversation off mic where we were like, let's do kind of, like, fun but lighter things because of the whole situation. Like, let's not do any plagues or things like that. And then, <laughs> then we both went away it was like, duh! Death, disease, disease. We can't escape it. It's just in our soul. Sorry, not sorry.
0: I made the effort, Jess. I mean, I was researching the bubonic plague and I was like, "Ah, maybe that's a bit depressing. Let's go for something lighter like TB. (laughs) It
1: is a very sexy disease, yes.
0: On the lighter side of things, I'm not going to be looking at tuberculosis or consumption as it was called as a disease so much as a fashion statement because a lot of victorians really wanted it like faced with the choice between health and beauty death seemed pretty lit
1: yeah it's like when our radium girl episode just want to put the cool glowy thing on and it doesn't matter if it's gonna dissolve your bones you're gonna look
0: pretty you are going to be the belle of the ball (laughs) Most of my research comes from Carolyn Day's Consumptive Chic, A History of Beauty, Fashion, and Disease. Jess and I also went to a public lecture of hers way back when this podcast was still a glint in the eye of the cosmic entities that control us. I mean, that was a year ago, Jess. More than a year ago. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? We were so young and naive. I remember walking home laughing in the rain, (laughs) thinking it was all going to be roses and... Uncomfortable amounts of money.
1: Being in public, walking next to people and around them and... Yeah. We went to a pub. We went to a pub with actual (laughs) other human beings there. Do you remember? Remember the days? (laughs) No, I don't. I don't remember the before times.
0: (laughs) It's better if we don't remember the before times. Yes. There were mullets. Another interesting book to read is Susan Sontag's Illnesses Metaphor, which looks at how tuberculosis has been represented as compared to diseases like cancer. Or she did a follow-up later on where she looked at AIDS metaphors as well. Most that's not going to be in this podcast because it wasn't relevant, but it's very worth reading. An interesting insight into how we construct diseases. So, small disclaimer, I've got to say that researching this topic, there's a really big disjoint between the real and heart-rending suffering of those who had the disease, which they expressed in their letters and journals, and then those who tried to fake the effects or romanticize it because it was so fashionable. (laughs) So, in this pod, I'm mocking the latter group because you know reading about people whose lives were destroyed by illness isn't funny but disease as a social fashion statement is is. a little i mean if you're listening to this podcast then you might have realized that jess and i are terrible people who like awful things and find them funny so that's right So tuberculosis. It's a bacterial infection. And in most people, it actually doesn't manifest with any symptoms. I found that interesting. I hadn't known that before. Apparently only 10% of people manifest symptoms. And in those people in whom the disease is latent, they don't spread it either. So whereas it's highly infectious with people who are manifesting symptoms, not so much with the other 90%. So, for those who do present symptoms, the movies tell us that it's highly romantic, I mean, infectious, with fainting and only the occasional drop of blood spit up by Nicole yeah. Kidman. Absolutely fatal to attractive sex workers, a la, la Traviata, Moulin Rouge, mm-hmm. and the like. Weight loss and loss of appetite is a major symptom of the disease, which is why it's called consumption. And it was called that from about the mid-1600s onwards. It was because you looked as if you were literally being consumed by the disease mm-hmm. from the inside. It's awful. As a side note, TB wasn't only called consumption. It's been around, like, at least as far back as the ancient Greeks. And it had a lot of names and misdiagnoses that I'm not going to go into, Mm. except... That it was also called graveyard cough. Oh,
1: that's metal and good, and I like it.
0: Mm. Imagine your doctor tells you you've got graveyard cough. It would be like, well, oh, so what's the prognosis? (laughs) (laughs) So delicious. Other symptoms include fever, night sweats, chills, and relentless diarrhea, or constipation. (laughs) Very sexy. Relentless.
1: That's not two words you want together. You want, like, relentless chocolate. Mmm, yes. Relentless diarrhea. Mmm. No. I don't like that one as much as the first one. No.
0: But the main symptom that we're familiar with is the coughing or vomiting up of phlegm and blood, sometimes cups of it at a time. Oh. Especially as the disease progressed. So it's not Nicole Kidman coughing daintily into a little handkerchief going, <laughs> <laughs> cut, the, cut the black lung. <laughs> Keats, um, I think, was reported in his final days to just be coughing up liters of the fucking stuff. Oh,
1: Jesus. Oh, that's so sad.
0: And the Victorians thought that this was just gorgeous, darling. You <laughs> look positively radiant. Well, not really. Actually, very pale. But still, glowing with the pallor of imminent death. What have you done?
1: <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. Yes. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Simply gorgeous. Diseases like smallpox and syphilis were disfiguring and ugly diseases. Mm. And most diseases killed you pretty quickly, so it's not like you had time to get a good Instagram account going to show off your horrid pustules. But tuberculosis was a chronic illness by which you wasted away slowly, reminding everyone of just how special and spectral you were, hovering for years at the threshold of death. It made you hashtag deep. <laughs> The fashion trend grew with the disease, so what's interesting about tuberculosis is it displays a typical disease curve, much like cholera, bubonic plague, whatever, COVID-19, but it does so over a much longer scale. So, whereas mm-hmm. most diseases might take weeks or months, tuberculosis takes years or decades or even centuries. Wow, that's so much more sinister. Its peak was throughout the early 1800s up until the 1850s, 60s, and at that point it was responsible for up to 25% of deaths in Europe. <laughs> Wow. So it's not like it was an unknown thing to them or just something that hit a few people. One in four, that's crazy. So aside from its gothy aesthetic, why was TB so goddamn attractive? Firstly, the only reason that we really care about it in the first place is that it doesn't only affect the poor. Disease Mm -hmm. and poverty go hand in hand like zero hour contracts and millennial chronic anxiety. (laughs) so when you get poor people, Victorians, and I think a lot of people today, would insist you get loose morals, bad smells, alcoholism, mm-hmm. yeah. rats, uncleanliness,
1: fist fighting in the streets, puffing solvents while you're on the bus,
0: <laughs> snort. I was once on a bus with someone and they pulled a whole roast chicken out of their handbag. <laughs> <laughs> that is a
1: fucking person after my own heart. Was it me? <laughs>
0: it might have been you Jess it may have been
1: (laughs) I once saw someone on the bus who was covered in puke on the back of their head so it's like (laughs) that's someone else's puke (laughs) Scottish buses
0: it's It's a journey it's amazing so where you get all of these things One might argue you'd also get disease. It's not attractive or romantic or cool. It's gross. And can't we just put all the poor in a box and not look at them ever again? Just drop them in, lock the key, throw away the key. Problem solved.
1: Ideally, Jess checks her own bank account. I mean, no, please, no, (laughs) please don't put me in the box. (laughs) <laughs> not not with the man with the puke at the back of his head. <laughs> not with the solvent and the chicken and the puke
0: people. <laughs> we don't even know that those people were poor. <laughs> That's true. That I woman had a, a whole chicken.
1: Yeah. <laughs> whole chickens, so, they aren't cheap.
0: So why improve the living conditions of the poor instead? I mean major economic reform, government action that eases the burden on those who are suffering. No! no, We only do that when the middle and upper classes are affected by disease and Mm. only marginally and Mm -hmm. only 200 years later for a completely different disease. So why Mm. are we talking about this?
1: Mm. Don't like it. No. I hate it. Poor
0: people. Ignore them. Just burn them. Yeah. Leave them. Burn them. (laughs) Get them away. Consumption seemed indifferent as to whether you lived in a mansion and called yourself Lord Twaddlepants or whether you lived in a cramped room with your husband and eight surviving children. (laughs) So I say it seemed indifferent, because if we've learned anything, it's that the poor are indeed more vulnerable to infection, as demonstrated by the statistic that even today, up to 80% of people in Asian and African countries test positive for TB. Wow. Which was something that, again, I didn't know before this. Wow. Uh, That's a huge number. And, I mean, it does make sense. When I tried to move to the UK, well, successfully tried to move to the UK, I had to prove that I didn't have it. Oh, wow. But Victorians soon realized that the rich were succumbing to this disease, and therefore it can't be all that bad. (laughs) See my episode on hysteria for more on how people can be exciting bigots and represent sickness across different classes. Mm -hmm. Also, the Victorians weren't very good at actually diagnosing diseases, and so... So they tended to call a lot of things consumption in the upper and middle classes that weren't really consumption, like weight Mm. loss. Oh. as soon as they saw that you were getting just a little bit more, more svelte they were like consumption it's so beautiful
1: put you in the sanatorium now but I just have a sore ear get you
0: away <laughs> but it's, it's what they believed that counts really that's right of course if you are so foolish as to be poor and get tuberculosis then <laughs> well it's your own fucking fault isn't it Mildred
1: Mildred you should have thought about that before you became
0: a peasant read a book read a fucking book so the Victorian Victorians really sucked at identifying tuberculosis. They also refused to believe that it was contagious. A lot of Europe was kind of <laughs> like, this seems contagious. But Victorians were like, no. Also, by the way, when I say Victorians, I'm kind of referring to Georgian and Victorian rule because I'm lazy. So
1: Yeah, they do kind of like bleed together.
0: So there emerged a tangle of theories. The one was that a predisposition to the disease was actually hereditary. That's why it ran in families and husbands and wives who weren't related. Another was that your environment had an effect on the disease and whether or not you got it. And they played fucking fast and loose with these ideas. So are you a wealthy consumptive? Well, you must have gotten it in through the noble curse that is your inherited disposition. It's like a ghost. That... but you're the ghost. Yeah. Let's get you to Rome for a change in climates and do some <laughs> gentle horse riding, sail a yacht, Pilates, maybe.
1: It's a bit like, um, I suppose, royalty, where you know all the things are in- inherited, and it's and it's good that you're incredibly inbred and deformed. It just means you're <laughs> you're extra noble. Beautiful. Mm. A chin. What's that? Great.
0: <laughs> so if you were poor and consumptive, well, you shouldn't have chosen to be poor. Mm. Look at the life that you've consciously designed for yourself. The squalor, the abusive drunken husband, the filth that you simply cannot clean because you don't have 40 hours in a day. Should have chosen better, Mildred? As I was reading about this, you can really see the difference in the way the poor and the wealthy were described when they were consumptive. (laughs) So like the poor, a lot of them moved to the city to try and improve their living conditions, but it put them in a better position to catch the contagious disease. So Friedrich Engels describes them these pale, lank, narrative chested hollow-eyed ghosts Ah. whom one passes at every step these languid flabby faces incapable (laughs) of the slightest energetic expression
1: i think i've been described in that form before
0: (laughs) hollow-eyed flabby-faced dead dull expression that's right i think that's my sex face (laughs) like
1: my bedroom eyes hollow and languid as I'm coughing up blood. That's how I get people in the mood.
0: And if you had a few more thousand pounds, Jess, that might be attractive.
1: Yeah, but I don't. I don't. Alas. (laughs) Join our Patreon.com to turn my horrible coughing of blood into sexiness.
0: Mm. (laughs) So to return to the upper classes, not your fault. No one's fault, really. Refined nerves and a delicate constitution. Really, the disease marks you out as one of the ultra, ultra elite. Mm. Of course, the inactivity of the wealthy was seen as a possible cause for tuberculosis, and therefore women were viewed as being the most susceptible. So it's your female indolence that fucks you over if it's not your ancestral predisposition. It's because you're so fucking lazy. That was a car going by. It's because you're so fucking lazy.
1: But you you won't let me do anything. I want to work and do things, but you won't let me... Shh! lie upon the chaise lounge and languidly stare
0: my lazy little invalid
1: <laughs> but but I would like to be no no
0: <laughs> could could I wear pants so that I could move around <laughs> also women's slavish devotion to certain fashions and oh. lavish lifestyles and oh. excessive dancing i mean the fact that they're Inactive and lazy, so not <laughs> dancing. One of the two, who knows?
1: <laughs> Excessive dancing.
0: <laughs> the waltz in particular was particularly deadly. Oh, no. <laughs> but your re- the real reason behind your susceptibility to the disease, Mildred, is your emotional sensitivity. Yes. Such fragile nerves. Oh. So vulnerable to stress. Mm-hmm. Very hard on a woman. Yes. So... I've referred back to my episode on hysteria and the Victorian concept of nervous disorders, and consumption was often seen as the result of weak, (coughs) I mean, refined and sensitive nerves. (laughs) It suggests a pure, elegant spirit of gentility, and please don't choose another doctor, I need your money, Lord Twaddlepants. don't leave leave. (laughs) me. It was very in fashion to compliment the wealthy on their diseases.
1: Oh, that's a, a wonderful oozing pustule you have there. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Thank you so very much. (laughs) Such elegance. You're like a finely tuned Stradivarius violin, nothing at all like the rusty tubers of the lower classes. Your disease is special. People took the idea of refined nerves and their resultant diseases very seriously, and not just in relation to consumption. They were just like, Oh my God, we're so sophisticated and civilized that it's actually killing us? (laughs) Oh my God, so different from the coarse poor and their rude health slash degenerate diseases. So consumption was nothing to be afraid of if you were rich. Mm -hmm. And if anything, diseases like hysteria and consumption were a mark of British superiority.
1: That's right. (laughs)
0: The real sickness is awesomeness, and tuberculosis is just a symptom. If this is to be sick, then I don't want to be healthy. Hell yeah. That was one way in which middle class to upper class Victorian society constructed this identity that was so different to the poor. A combination of environment, social status, and moral character kind of determined which discourse is going to be applied to you. So for the elite, it's because of their heightened sensitivity to the world, unlike the dulled, blunted constitutions of the lower classes. It's... The manifestation of your intelligence and your wealth and your fashion and your genius. Mm,
1: I know, it's almost like it was too much for the world, so you had to be kind of like clipped. It's like you can't contain this much amazingness and wants, so we have to kind of, you know, nerf you a little bit. To bring (laughs) you down the only way we know how, which is to make you weak and sick and dying.
0: (laughs) So tuberculosis as a disease also had symptoms that made it very easy to romanticize. It was seen as giving physical beauty to the sufferer, especially if they were a woman. Mm -hmm. In its first visible stages, the victim would often develop a chronic cough accompanied by pale skin and remember that women wanted pale skin above all else, sometimes even applying lead to themselves in order to simulate it. Of course,
1: it's the only way it is beautiful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just look at
0: Hollywood. It identified you as someone who didn't need to toil in the sun like some country bumpkin. <laughs> it was refined. And as it as the illness progressed, other attractive symptoms would would emerge. So weight loss, which has always been coveted, and loss of appetite, coughing, wheezing, trouble breathing. Okay, that's a little less sexy. <laughs> but it, it does, you know, you're panting a little with with lust trying to catch your breath going <laughs> Makes those bosoms heave.
1: Heaving bosoms, that's
0: what I'm (laughs) here for. Where it's just like <laughs>
1: skeletal, thin, pale skin, shadowy eyes. i so of like aroused. Rock star chic, where you look kind of ill for some reason. That's kind of hot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's your fetish, Jess. Sufferers would also develop a hectic fever, which would bring a beautiful flush to those pale cheeks. The eyes would develop a glassy brightness, and as the emaciation of the victim progressed, cheekbones would become prominent. The shoulders would elevate, and the sufferer would develop a Carolyn Day called a wing-backed appearance. Very angelic. Mm -hmm. Cheekbones. Cheekbones for days. That's what you want. You want to be gaunt. Can slice a piece of cheese off those. The veins would become more prominent, also very attractive. Women used to sometimes draw veins onto themselves, so Ah, this is natural. So you basically were trying to look like you were translucent? It was actually considered very beautiful because the translucency of your skin was the transparency of your character. It revealed who you really were when you could, you know, see through you. (laughs) (laughs) And bizarrely, with consumption, the teeth would actually whiten. So Mm. just ignore the incessant coughing and wheezing and vomiting of lung matter. And look at those pearly whites. Cheekbones, white teeth thinness ribs for Mm. days
1: ribs ribs ribs
0: yes i'm here for it so the symptoms of disease mimic the symptoms of female desire because when you when you're horny you're gonna have those flushed cheeks and those bright eyes and those red lips and that panting breath and that in turn makes the female sufferer desirable herself wasting away with passion so beautiful and so brief
1: i'm so horny i'm fucking dying
0: so people and doctors would turn turn a blind eye to the truly horrifying nature of disease like the diarrhea and the constipation and the coughing up of phlegm and blood struggling to breathe withering away into a living skeleton not in our representational media focus (laughs) on her beauty like a cherry blossom caught between the tree and the earth and so temporary as well beautiful in its prime but doomed and in fact, beautiful people were seen as being most at risk for TB because beauty itself was a symptom of the disease. And somehow, conversely, if you were naturally beautiful without TB, well, don't, don't encourage the disease, Mildred. Put a bag <laughs> over your head. <laughs>
1: ug yourself up a bit so you don't get it
0: and die so gorgeousness was both a cause and a symptom now we've been giving a lot of attention to the consumptive wealthy class but what about our poor orphans Jess yeah shall we check up on them in the workhouse uh no no we don't care about them it's only the wealthy cough again Mildred
1: <laughs> okay
0: let's go she's gonna be a while it's it's buckets okay alright we, we've got time Our listeners may wonder what we actually produce in our workhouse. Nothing so tawdry as matches, candles, or clothing. No. Our orphans manufacture rumors. We're rumor mongers. You're a rumor monger.
1: <laughs> what does that mean?
0: Shh, 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 shh. So let's inspect the goods. Have you heard... Yes. ...of Charles Dickens? I have heard of him. Everyone has, really. Kept his dead ravens as taxidermy pets and allegedly inspired Poe's the raven. He used his dead cat's paw as a letter opener. He formed a <laughs> ghost club and invented the word Uggsum and Slangular. <laughs> He also wrote some stuff.
1: Attended every single execution that there ever was,
0: or shall be. Well, Dickens can't be in all places at once. And so, when he's torn between going to a gnarly execution, or buying a courtesan's panties at an auction, (laughs) or saving people and his manuscript from a train wreck, well, he calls in for the help of his good friend, Dave Lucas. Looking at the two of them, you couldn't really tell the difference. Beards hide a multitude of sins, it's true. That's true. Of course, all of this doppelgangerage makes it difficult to separate fact from fiction with the real Charles Dickens. Was it Charles or Dave that got in a bath with Franz Mesmer and a bunch of excitable women? <laughs> or fought a duel with notable members of the Hellfire Clubs using nothing but breakfast? And one, no one (laughs) knows. So thank you, Dave, you Dickensian mad lad, for your patronage and your doppelgangerage of our favorite historical weirdo. Cheers, Dave. (laughs) and if you'd like to be immortalized in gossip consider joining our patreon at forward slash awful forever podcast lots of good audio content there to keep you going through the lockdown or come and alleviate our boredom by chatting to us on twitter at awful forever pod or instagram at awful forever podcast
1: do those things do them now
0: (laughs) now that we've filled our lungs oh no you got it
1: you're too beautiful for this
0: world i am jess Too good and too beautiful. So now that we've filled our lungs with some of London's finest soot, it's time to leave and maybe head to Greece for a change of climate. Let's do. So, consumption makes you a hearty. But is it truly worth it, Jess? No beauty without suffering, my grandmother used to say as she yanked through my bird nest hair with a brush. (laughs) But is it really true, Grammy? Is it? I'd say no, which is why I don't brush my hair anymore. Or wear a bra. Or trousers. But no. that's the lockdown.
1: Yeah, that's the lockdown. I don't even... I think I threw them all away.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Used them as toilet paper in the great desperation of 2020. <laughs> I did. The Victorians didn't think that that question was really relevant to consumption. Death by tuberculosis was represented as an easy and beautiful way to die. Oh, God. Despite the fact that they regularly watched consumptive patients die horrifying, painful, bloody deaths like keats who if you've read the letters written by seven who watched him die went in complete agony destroyed his stomach coughed up cups of blood, had this fever and kind of these despairing moods as well because he was just losing his mind. But later everybody, <laughs> Shelley, <laughs> portrayed his death as beautiful and serene and he went with a smile. Half on the threshold between life and death he took a gentle step over. Oh, that's, that does sound nice, yeah. <laughs>
1: and he looked hot as well. He was like really fucking sexy.
0: Super hot. Ben yeah. Wishaw hot. It It was also a good Christian way to die because with no known cure, most medical efforts were aimed at easing the suffering of the individual. They had fuck all ideas about how to fix this thing. So at most, they were like, oh, do some sailing and go to Italy. (laughs) They accepted that it was a highly fatal disease and your chances of getting through it were kind of low. That's so scary. And it was very drawn out. So that was kind of the advantage because you had the privilege of admiring the victim's noble resignation to their oncoming demise as they patiently endured the fate marked out for them by God. Because again, when you don't know what causes the disease, I mean, it's women and emotions and dancing, but also God. (laughs) And also poor. Poorness? No, 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 poorness, which we don't protect, they don't exist, Jess.
1: Oh, I'm sorry,
0: sorry, right. We don't share consumption with the poor, no, they're just, they have scrofula. So it was viewed, tuberculosis was viewed as a sort of purgatory on earth, through which the soul of the victim achieved redemption, atoning for sin through their earthly suffering. So you had this opportunity to die well.
1: Wonderful
0: An opportunity, Jess A challenge Yes,
1: yeah Instead of dying, you know, like by exploding or something You get to die this lovely, noble death of where you're real hot
0: Live young and leave a sexy corpse yeah (laughs) And it makes sense Death was not really unfamiliar in Victorian life You're gonna die somehow, pretty early (sighs) And so they had this real preoccupation with what was a good death. Life was difficult and pretty deadly.
1: Yeah, I suppose that makes sense if death is all around. It's just going to be which one is going to get you, like the sexy hotness disease or the one where you
0: fart your lungs out. (laughs) Yes. Personally, farting my lungs out sounds exciting, but... (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to go quick. Oh, yeah, just... A nice explosion of lungs and glitter is what I'm aiming for. (laughs) So, writing to a friend who'd lost a loved one to consumption, one person said, The account that you give of her death is very affecting, but it is such as must give consolation to every man who is not so unhappy as to relinquish the hopes of religion. For my own part, I can honestly say that the more I see of the world the less I think we ought to regret those who are taken out of it. Oh. And when I co- <laughs> and when I consider the many disappointments and miseries to which a maturer age is exposed, I cannot but regard the young who are early called away as taken from the evil to come.
1: Oh, that's nice. See, like, God is like, no, oh, the world's bad, so sh shush, shush, just
0: come with me, delicate little flower. Just, it's fine. It's worse when you're older. There's rents and bills and
1: fucking, I don't know, like miscellaneous back pain. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You get this ache in your wrist and you're like, is this what kills me? I don't know. (laughs) So consoling. And in the beginning of this episode, I mentioned the heartbreaking reality of the disease as compared to the ridiculous social representation of it. Mm. Here's a journal of a young woman visiting uh, visiting a burial ground for TB sufferers in Spain. She traveled there for the improved climate and went to visit a graveyard where other sufferers had been buried. And she said... It was with a melancholy feeling that I gazed round the silent cemetery, where so many early blossoms, nipped by a colder climate, were mouldering away, so many who had come too late to recover, and either perished here far away from all their kindred, or faded under the eye of anxious friends who had so vainly hoped to see them revive again. I felt, too, as I looked at the crowded tombs, that my own might not long hence be among them, and here I shall be laid at last, I thought." It's the first time any such idea has crossed my mind in any burial ground, which, oh, it's so sad. Oh, wow. I mean, the people who had it, they didn't want to die. Yeah. They spent the the duration of their disease kind of having to resign themselves to their fate, but a lot of them felt very anxious that maybe they weren't right with God, or maybe they weren't making the most of the time that they had, or being their best selves in the time that they had left. Oh god, I can't imagine that feeling. And then you read fucking self-help books going, make the most of your disease! <laughs> Exploit it for beauty! <laughs> Makes me sad, so on to funnier stuff, I guess.
1: Yeah. yeah, moving on, swiftly please.
0: <laughs> so in addition to giving the sufferer time to reconcile themselves with death and God, consumption also gave the victim a bit of a character facelift. Mm. A sophisticated intellect Refined nerves Elevated religious spirit Mm. In fact TB was not seen Just as the symptom of genius But often the cause Itself Would Keats ever have written an ode on a Grecian urn If he hadn't been coughing up blood Probably not So to the romantics Tuberculosis was the price of brilliance And a price that they were willing to pay (laughs) As your body wasted away, your mind became more rich and creative because you've got this suffering that's fueling your creativity. You have this well to draw on to make your poetry. Oh, I think if Keats maybe hadn't been consumptive, we would have had more odes. Yeah, I know. Like, if he'd been allowed to have lived
1: longer, then we would have more of his stuff.
0: So all of this was primarily for men. We've covered female beauty and we'll get onto female character in a bit. But the male consumptive, it was his brilliance that shone through, less his beauty. He was also feminized by the disease. So frail, so delicate, unable to survive the harsh reality of the world, which is pretty silly because Keats was into fucking bear baiting and fist fighting. <laughs> but when he died of tuberculosis, everyone was all Oh, it was for love of Fanny Braun that did him in, or worse, a bad review.
1: <laughs> I know, I love the idea that, like, if if only he was a big brawly man who was, like, punching pigeons and stuff, then, you know, it's because he was writing poetry and stuff. That's why he got it.
0: And Keats, I mean, if that kind of thing matters to you, was mature as shit. It's like, he trained as a physician, so he was elbow-deep in guts for a big part of his life, probably. And, yeah. like, he played football and shit, so... Fragile flower. Yes, delicate, delicate little lady man. Whereas the lady consumptive was flush with love and desire and purity, and we'll get onto this, the male consumptive was lit up from within by inspiration and also bacterial lung infection. Ugh. The bright eyes were lit up with the fires of creative genius... His soul burned too hot, burning him up from the inside. Oh. Also, I know that we don't yet live in a world in which every person is deemed to have equal worth, regardless of the shape of their body and I wish that we did. Mm-hmm. But in the 1800s, thinness was especially associated with intelligence and creativity, oh. and fatness was associated with being dull and stupid. Huh. so. What am I? Well, yes, I'll tell you. Let me tell you, <laughs> they're fantastic reasoning. Because when you're thin, those sensitive nerves that make you so amazing are just below the surface. They're just trembling oh. within your <laughs> slender flute of a body. Whereas you don't want those those sensitive nerves to be buried in fat, because fat doesn't feel. I
1: see. Checks out.
0: Yes, <laughs> and right, and tuberculosis makes you thin and thin makes you a genius, so the the science it it works, yes, so the male consumptive poet fashion didn't last too long. I mean, effeminate men are all very well and good, but it's not like you're a manly man hunting tigers, wrestling wild boar, and you know running his successful shipping business. <laughs> like Lord Twaddlepants. Yes. So they came to be viewed more with scorn. It was a more ambivalent kind of position to be in, to be a male with consumption. Mm. But female consumptives were super fashionable. Frailty and womanhood is kind of the same thing? Yes, really? that's right. That's correct. Yes. So tuberculosis suited
1: women really well. And if anything, if anyone who isn't a woman is doing anything womanly, then it's fucking ridiculous. Stop it. You
0: pansy. You absolute pussy. (laughs) (laughs) So is the woman too delicate and frail to survive the coarse, harsh reality of the world? That must be why she's contracted consumption. It's because she's too pure for this world. She's an angel in the flesh. It's not because... Well, it is because she's weak, but that weakness is a good thing, because the more weak you are, the more Mm. womanly you are. Yes.
1: So it's really... It's like kind of like the ubermensch, but she's like the uberfrau. She's Mm just too much of
0: that delicate, lovely woman to exist, and so... So because Victorians didn't really understand the causes of tuberculosis... It could very well be caused by emotions and sensibility. I mean, remember Keats and his disappointed love slash bad review of his poetry. It's when you feel these turbulent emotions or melancholies that you get sick. If TB is caused by emotions, it must be a predominantly female malady.
1: Because men only experience logic, yes, that's right. Women are emotions, men are logic. Makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah, men see the world objectively, women see it through rose-colored glasses of feelings.
1: Yeah, and, you know, tittering, fainting, and giggling.
0: And that's why if you're a man and you get TB, you turn into an effeminate little poet swooning over nightingales. It's because yes. it makes you a woman. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That all makes sense now. Yeah. And Victorians believed that emotions in women had to be physically expressed. You can't just feel something. It's got to leave its mark on your body somehow. So swooning, crying, and sickness, consumption was seen as a form of emotional authenticity in a woman. Oh, right. And and wombs it could be because of wombs everything's because of wombs jess fucking wombs we
1: don't we just don't get them so womb is probably why
0: wombs all over the place and i mean that literally it's up at your shoulder check out hysteria episode so some doctors said that well (laughs) women their bodies are so damn complicated that their brains just can't keep up puberty (laughs) What's that all about in a lady? What are they doing with that? (laughs)
1: What's fucking going
0: on? Menstruating. Blood comes out the one end, why not the other? (laughs) Especially women who stop menstruating, because blood's gotta come out somewhere, Jess. Might as well be the lungs. Yeah, it's they're just bursting at the fucking seams
1: of blood, so it has to
0: come out. (laughs) Unless you're old, because old women are basically men, their womb has shriveled up, and that's why hags seem so confidence and no nonsensey and rational oh. i'm talking about 30 year olds by the way
1: oh yes mm-hmm. that's
0: right mm-hmm. yeah because after pms you basically become the queen of thorns and yeah you know at that stage you can't get tb because tb only takes the young and the beautiful and the useful
1: yeah that's right i have i have the slight shadow of a laugh line on my face consumption shall not touch me i am a useless hag basically a man yeah basically a man that's right
0: but not as good no. So some doctors prescribed marriage as a potential cure for consumption, <laughs> because because pregnancy keeps the womb busy. Right. Yes. Yes.
1: Because Science. the womb is occupied.
0: Yeah. De- ha- pop them out. Consumption makes you more fertile. They said. So it's basically a disease that solves itself. Oh, okay. You get consumption, makes you hot. Mm -hmm. Makes you fertile. Yeah. Have babies. Yeah. Consumption stalled. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. I have several degrees. Yes. From many good universities.
1: Science!
0: (laughs) So the science was a little confused, but the image of the angelic tubercular Victorian woman was clear. The disease stripped away the superfluous, bestowing upon the sufferer a beauty that was physical and moral. Doctors, doctors literally described consumptive women as too good and beautiful to live oh god
1: <clears throat> <laughs> i mean are you sure like someone mildred turned up and the doctor was hungover as fuck and he just couldn't really be bothered to do any doctoring today so she turns up and is like, i don't feel very <laughs> well and everything's bad he's like you're 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 just too beautiful for this world. Aren't you going to try and do anything to do any cure? No, it's it's just just your time. Just have a baby or fucking something. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Have a baby and shut up. (laughs) Doctors were in this embarrassing position because they had these wealthy clients that they had to treat. But if you've got a disease like tuberculosis or, as we said in our other episode, hysteria, for which... You didn't have a cure. You're not just going to chase him away and be like, well, nothing I can do, so go spend your money on horses, whatever, (laughs) yachts, whatever rich people have. (laughs) You'd want to keep their business, so you'd suggest things like going to Italy, or sailing was a thing that they they recommended a lot, or swinging things. They thought swinging was good for tuberculosis. I see. swinging, so... They'd suggest these things, but of course, those things didn't cure you. So then they had to have reasons as to why it wasn't curing you. And it's because you're too good. Just too good. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I think that if I went to a doctor and said, I think that I had TB, they'd go, they'd take one look at me and go, no. No.
1: alas for me whereas I walk into a place and someone's like gah oh my god quick get medicine (laughs) in that woman too beautiful too good (laughs) that's right
0: so ignoring the poor because they don't count if your culture tells you that consumption is only contracted by those who are good pure delicate intelligent fashionable beautiful and you don't have the disease what do you do oh
1: well I mean you're describing me
0: right now, apart from the poorness, <laughs> but hmm, I don't know. Tell me, Philippa. Fake it till you make it. Oh. So if you don't have large dilated pupils, mm-hmm. poisonous belladonna. Of course, yes. It'll make you blind and possibly hallucinate, but consumption comes at a price. Yeah, it does. Beauty is,
1: um, what's it? No pain, something, beauty, yes.
0: <laughs> Need rich dark lashes? Mm-hmm. Rub them with elderberry juice? good the biggest problem was the pale skin of the consumptive mm-hmm. you wanted that pale skin listen to how this physician john armstrong describes the disease a fucking doctor the color of the cheeks always becomes paler and more delicate than before a beautiful bloom will be spread for a moment over some parts of the cheeks and then receding it will leave a remarkable pallidity almost approaching whiteness And the superficial veins may be observed running in different parts of the skin, somewhat like blue lines through white marble. And an expression of interest, and even of beauty, is not unfrequently thrown over the whole countenance, more remarkable in persons whose faces had been previously plain. I mean, for fuck's sake, John, get it together. Does he want to cure this person or fuck him?
1: I know, he's like masturbating furiously as he's writing this. This is a medical text, doctor.
0: <laughs> a little professionalism, please. <laughs> so if you don't have pale skin, corrosive lead paint, that will definitely poison you. Yeah. Use it. Rouge for lips and tooth powders were also mm. employed for that dashing, consumptive smile. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of believed that these poisonous cosmetics... Caused consumption because everything that a woman does causes consumption.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah.
0: So as long as you don't get caught out in your fakery, because if people can see your unnatural lead like appearance, they'll laugh at you. But if you don't get caught out, it's a win win situation. Yeah. You look like you're consumptive. And you'll probably be consumptive. Good. Some people suggested that it would be much better to cultivate the goodness and purity that led to consumption, I mean beauty, Mm -hmm. but that's just too much effort.
1: I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be nice and kind and good. Fuck that. I'm
0: just going to put on this lead and stuff. Just dip me in the vat (laughs) and let's let's get on with our lives or future deaths. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah
1: get busy living and get busy dying you know what i mean
0: (laughs) and of course for those who lacked the slender emaciated frame common to consumptives there was the corsets yes there's a lot to say about corsets and their uses especially regarding consumption Mm -hmm. and i'm kind of out of time so we've been talking forever jess i think just cut me off because podcasting leads to consumption Yes, That's a medical it fact.
1: It's, it certainly does. And we're both women, so every task we're doing can lead to consumption.
0: Very true. Yeah. So I think that what I'm going to do is in a next episode, I'll do something on Victorian fashion with a particular look at the corsets mm-hmm. and how it played into consumption. But for now, tuberculosis, like all fashions, cannot last forever. The fashion, not the disease. The disease is still very prevalent.
1: (laughs) The disease is still there, yes.
0: (laughs) Things like sanitary and dress reform reconstructed it as a disease that should be cured, not cultivated. I mean, the myth of the consumptive angelic woman survived a little longer in fiction, but she started to shift more towards the lower classes. Here, Carolyn Day says that your trope of the consumptive sex worker becomes super popular. Mm. Because she's lower class and she has sex for money so she can re- she can achieve redemption through love and disease so it's kind of like a savior kind of <laughs> thing she she becomes worthy through her sickness right
1: yes mhm
0: mhm mm-hmm. mm. also the real life courtesan whom la dame o by dumas and by extension la traviata and Moulin rouge All of these, these women on whom, this woman on whom these things were based, there we go, that's a word. Mm -hmm. Evidently, I'm consumptive. This woman was Marie Duplessis. And when she died at the age of 23, it was her possessions that caught the eye of Dickens slash Dave at an auction. (laughs) Dave Dickens. Does
1: in fact, he does have that. Yeah, I've seen him. He got it out one party and I was like, Dave, where'd you get that? And he's like,
0: I'll never tell. <laughs> what are you doing with the courtesan's knickers, Dave? <laughs> as the disease became increasingly associated with poverty, sex work, and as health became more important, TB was just kind of ruined for the wealthier classes.
1: Oh, uh, they, they wrecked
0: it. They just, you know, nobody suffers more than the rich. <laughs> Yeah, that's basically me. The story on how the cure for TB was found is also very exciting and full of drama and betrayal. So maybe one day we can look at that. But it's time to be unfashionable and step away from the coughing of blood. And yes, I'm out of
1: words. (laughs) And dying. (laughs) The coughing of blood and... (sighs) Is that your lung? Oh, dear. Well, at least your heart.
0: It's time to just resign ourselves to God, Jess. Okay. (laughs) God and the inevitability of death. Yes.
1: Too good for this world we are. But
0: in the meantime, some things are nice sometimes.
1: They are and are they for you yes they are and i'll tell you it was sunday and it was a sunny day which is very rare in the uk and we're all social distancing and not doing anything i'm just chilling in my garden and then uh, my dog is making a fuss at our gate and i go up to the gate and there's like a little dog just there and he's got no owner around and and i recognize the dog is like oh hey rollo come in <laughs> <laughs> so just like open the gate and uh, let the dogs play because I don't see the owners anywhere and then eventually like I hear them calling it's like oh yeah like Rollo's just in here and she's like okay so I'm just gonna go like I'm taking like like, easter eggs somewhere and then she's like oh shit I'm gonna have to take the dog back it's like well you can just let him stay here they're just like the dog is just kind of chilling so she's like all right and so she she left to do her stuff and so we just like had a dog and just had like a cool dog date and he was just playing the keeper and then when he was tired he came in and like curled up on my lap and we gave him a cuddle. and it was cool like a dog came to visit and we were like hey hey raw come in and just chill out with us for a while and then she came back to collect her dog and off they went and i had a fun dog visit and it was very cute and nice
0: i wish somebody would just drop a dog off at my place
1: <laughs> it was very nice and they're they're like besties and pals and they had wrestles and then cuddles and it was all very good
0: all the dog friends probably miss each other now that we can't see each other anymore yeah so sorolo was just coming in to say hi i
1: think he was check up on his keeps (laughs) (laughs) i've not seen you for a while bud you want to play yes
0: yes i do want to play that is very good Extra fluff to cuddle. <laughs> so, to our listeners, Jess and I are obviously depressed in isolation. Tell us your some things are nice sometimes on Twitter. Like, tell us yeah. happy things that made you smile.
1: All I can do is eat, but bake. Tell us what you're baking and making and doing cool things. Or are you just chilling? You're just having a, like a nice break.
0: But otherwise, I guess bye. Bye.